Major gaps in regulations are allowing clandestine labs like the one in Reedley to operate. Chinese laboratories just can't help themselves. The more you look into it, the crazier it gets. I would ask, oh, what are you doing with the mice? Oh, well, we don't actually do that. It's someone else that does the experiment. If the Chinese Communist Party wants to start a lab in the United States, there's no American law to stop them from doing it. We're here at the facility where a Chinese virus lab was discovered, allegedly operating illegally from the back of a recycling facility. Now, on the surface, it was unassuming. Four different loading bays for trucks, and at the back, a freezer door with a hole cut into it. Mystery now surrounds this facility located at the center of the town of Reedley. Now, this mystery has sent shockwaves to the local community. California is the fifth largest food producer in the world and the largest in the United States. And Reedley is at the heart of all of this. It's considered the breadbasket of California and a disaster here is a disaster for the nation. In the small town of Reedley, California, Jesslyn Harper is a code enforcement officer working at the local fire department. Um, so this is the mouse room here. I mean, they had stuff that was really, really old. These are all the chemicals that the EPA had to come in and destroy. She has been writing thrillers on the side for as long as she can remember. For years now, she has inspected properties full of mysteries and strange violations. But to find herself at the heart of this unsolved mystery, in the normally quiet agriculture town of Reedley was not something she would have ever expected. Here in Reedley, we receive code enforcement complaints. There was a issue brought up with the property where they believed that someone was possibly accessing this warehouse that we believed had been vacant for a long time. Possibly either someone running a business or just using it for storage. This is a fairly common type of code enforcement violation, people not realizing land usage laws. These strange operations being carried out in this building were uncovered by chance. Jeslyn Harper was driving along outside, noticed a hole cut into the building. Someone had illegally run a garden hose inside and the inspection of that single garden hose and where it was leading opened the door to what would be a shocking discovery. We traveled with Jesslyn Harper to the lab to find out more. When I first made contact on my initial inspection, this is the door I went to. Oh, really? And wow. this is the portion that they were actually packaging the pregnancy tests to ship out. So from here on is all lab. Wow, so it was big. It's big, it's Jeez. a big room. And the more you look into it, the crazier it gets. So. 
you go there, what, 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 what happened? What, did, what was that like? What did you find? There were four individuals in the building. There were three that identified themselves as Chinese nationals and they were in full PPE. I asked what work they were doing and they said they were in the process of packaging and shipping pregnancy tests for an order they had received online. So they were actually in the process of preparing orders for their illegal medical test kits. This is the rear portion of the building and this is where it actually all began. Um, this is the location with the green hose coming out. This is the hose that made the initial violation that got you in then. This is the infamous garden hose. Wow. When I first found the hose and got out of the truck, I was hit with this odor, severe odor that I didn't identify right away. It just smelled badly. And my first thought was, wow, I'm surprised we haven't gotten a complaint for the odor more so than people utilizing the building. Is there just like a hole in the door? Yes, they cut a hole in the door. What looks like parts of the part they cut out. Is, that, is, yes. this, is this is the foam from the door? They just That's left it the there? insulation. So they literally cut it and then pushed it out and then kept the door closed <laughs> and they, with And they didn't even, didn't even throw the stuff away. As I entered into the building and went towards the rear of it, the odor became stronger. And when we finally entered into the rear portion where everything was being stored, I observed a plywood room that had been built with a light on. And I asked what was in the room and they informed me that that's where they were keeping their laboratory mice. So there was this horrific odor due to a lack of ventilation for the mice dander that was in the room. And then looking at the boxes that were stacked up almost all the way to the ceiling on top of each other, they weren't even on proper shelves seeing all of the hazardous electrical that had been installed without building permits. It just became overwhelming so quickly. You start to ask questions because you're trying to process what you're actually seeing because no one had ever trained me for this type of a situation. It was completely surreal. The green garden hose was hooked up to like a makeshift sink that I believe they were using to fill the water bottles for the mice. So when I specifically would ask them about the mice, they didn't want to answer their questions. I would ask, oh, what are you doing with the mice? They would comment, oh, we do research and experiment on them. I go, oh, wow, that's fascinating. What, what do you experiment on them? What do you do with them? Oh, well, we don't actually do that. We just feed them. It's someone else that does the experiments. We don't know what they do. It was a deflection like that out of the way. You know, the fact that they say that they were experimenting on the mice is, is very interesting because was that ever brought up in the criminal charges? No, so we, in regards to the actual mice, in the experimentation, mice are exempt from USDA regulations. Um, so they're allowed to experiment on them and, and do whatever they need to do on them. FDA doesn't have any restrictions um, over the pathogens and the CDC doesn't have a registry for any type of BSL level three or four. Unless it's a select agent, there's no regulation. One of the most shocking parts that came out is there was, I understand, vials labeled Ebola. We found a fridge that had a piece of paper taped to it 
in handwriting that said Ebola. Now, in regards to the Ebola, there wasn't a vial specifically labeled. So in the CDC's eyes, that meant, well, then there's no Ebola on site. So if a terrorist organization hypothetically had Ebola and they just didn't have a lay properly labeled vi you know, vial for it, they wouldn't have any way to check that? That was our understanding. We were told that the CDC did not have the regulatory authority to take a sample and sample to see what was actually in any of those vials. So when you look at the report that was published from the CDC with the 20 infectious items that were found on site, those are strictly items that were clearly labeled. That does not include items that were not labeled. Most of them were labeled with numeric codes, but we were never provided a key to what the numeric codes standed for. And that's probably one of the biggest mysteries we'll have in this whole situation, is what exactly was in that lab. So far, we need to remove the medical devices. That'll be our last abatement. For an individual that wants to start up a lab for whatever reason, um, if they're receiving some type of a non-grant funding, they're exempt from a lot of our regulation, like for the state of California and their lab services. They're completely exempt at that point of time. So even if a group tied with, you know, hypothetically the Chinese Communist Party and the Chinese military funds a lab in the U.S., there's no regulations? Yes, as long as it's not through a, a filed grant. If the Chinese Communist Party wants to start a lab in the United States, even if the Chinese military is involved, you know, civil military you know, cooperation is, is normal there. There's no, there's no barrier. They can legally do it here. And there's no American law to stop them from doing it. Yeah, anyone can, not just Chinese. As long as they're not receiving any type of a grant, they can do that. Yes. A privately funded Chinese lab clouded with mysteries, admitted to experimenting on transgenic mice, a practice the federal government has no regulation over. Major gaps in regulations are allowing clandestine labs like the one in Reedley to operate. I am under the understanding that if a vial of something is not labeled, that you don't test it. So we do have limited authority in some of this space. Um, we pleaded with the CDC and the federal authorities to test the vials that were unlabeled. We don't know and will never know now what were in those vials that were unlabeled. And the fridge that was labeled with Ebola, they also declined to test. And so we will never know if Ebola was in that refrigerator. To understand the lab in its total complexity, you have to understand who Reedley is as a city. We're a very small rural city in Central California. We're agricultural based, very small, 26,000 population. A plumbing code violation a green garden hose that had been drilled into the back of the building. And that kicked off probably the, the most unique thing I've ever seen in 25 years of managing local government. And that is Chinese nationals, as we open the door to this building, a warehouse full of bodily fluids and serums, um, 30 or so refrigerators and freezers that were you know, illegally hazardously uh, wired together. And all of this over the course of months as we start investigating what in the world this is, we come to find out um, is a lab that moved here surreptitiously as they were trying to escape being noticed in another city. The CEO of this company right now, uh, Jesse Zhu or David He, 
whichever he desires to go by at the time, he's currently facing charges that include misbranding of medical devices and lying to federal authorities. Can you explain to me the medical device element in this? How do the medical devices tie into this? What this company was doing, allegedly, is uh, importing pregnancy tests, COVID tests, that sort of thing, rebranding them, uh, stamped made in America, stamped with FDA lot numbers that didn't truly exist, and then selling those back to the American public. They were selling these devices in America? Like pe people were actually buying these devices? We discovered these devices on Amazon in just doing our own research and looking for these. They were not very reliable, in other words. And so the American public is relying on COVID tests and pregnancy tests that really were not accurate. Behind me is Fresno County Jail in California. Inside is Jesse Jew. Now, he went by many other names, including Jia Bei Jew, Chung Ha, and David Ha. And the 62-year-old Chinese national was the only person who was arrested in connection with the secret virus lab that was discovered in Reedley County. Now, his charges are not from these suspicious virus containers, and this is despite a paper found among the vials stating Ebola. The vials have now been destroyed. Their contents will never be known. Jesse Ju is also not being charged for any potential experiments that may have been done on the hundreds of biologically altered mice that were in the laboratory. In fact, we still do not know what the mice were even for. The investigations fell short. In fact, these trails of evidence were never fully looked into by federal authorities. And the ties that Mr. Ju has to China and the similar ties of his associates are also being put to the wayside by investigators. On October 19th of 2023, the FDA arrested Jesse Ju. According to the Department of Justice, as part of his scheme, the defendant, quote, changed his name, the names of his companies and the locations. They said the disarray at Reedley Lab had led to the glare of publicity that he was trying to avoid. Notably, Jesse Jabeju is a fugitive from Canada, facing several criminal charges against him, including a $330 million judgment for defrauding U.S. and Canadian companies. And this may just be the tip of the iceberg of the operations that Mr. Ju may be involved with. We've reached out to Mr. Ju and his lawyer. They've so far declined to comment. There are still many unanswered questions, though. Did the activities go beyond just manufacturing and distributing test kits? What was actually destroyed in the vials, stashed among the many other labels as viruses? What experiments were being done on the mice? And what were the ties to China? Look at this, biohazard. We discovered this, pointed all this out, and uh, state and federal government were not helpful. They told us, you know, dispose of it. So here's viruses, you know, malaria, syphilis, SARS, COVID, just a lot of things that were labeled and packaged improperly. I've been involved in local government, both as a mayor and council member of a city here in Fresno County and on the board of supervisors now for about seven years, and I'd never experienced anything like this. So it was unprecedented. 
The outcome from the Reedley Laboratory has really shown us at the local level that there are holes in our system. Washington needs to be doing more, our state partners need to be doing more, and at the local level, I am ready to work with both state and federal agencies to make sure that something like this never happens again. So this was all part of the report. You can see different uh, forms of identification that he had. Why did he need so many of these viruses, the mice and everything else, at this site um, if all he was doing was repackaging different test kits? The fact that a private laboratory or an individual who had charges against him in another country can come to the U.S., start a business, and receive funding from the state and federal government is, uh, is crazy. Some of the funding he was receiving came directly from the People's Republic of China. After the congressional hearings, we reached out to our state partners and we let them know that we were going to uh, pass an ordinance here at the, the county level where other cities have an opportunity to opt into our ordinance as well that gives us authority to actually inspect these private laboratories. Before that ordinance was put into place, we had limited ability to really uh, monitor what takes place at private laboratories. And what we found is um, state and federal agencies don't really monitor them either. We're working on legislation right now, collaborating with others uh, to close those loopholes. In late 2023, the House Select Committee and the Chinese Communist Party searched for Jesse Ju's background, and they found it. Their discovery led to military civil fusion organizations and shell companies that Jesse had used to obfuscate his identity. I met with Congressman Kevin Kiley to find out where the investigation was leading. How's it going? It's good yeah. to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Thanks very much. You bet. My pleasure. I know you were involved in trying to kind of get Congress to move on this. What was your first experience when you learned about this? We needed to figure out exactly what the origins of this lab was. And so that was answered in the, uh, in the report. It's uh, this gentleman, Jesse Zhu, uh, who originally ran a series of CCP-connected companies in China. Then he went to Canada, set up more entities, and they were really all about trying to steal American IP and uh, doing a number of other questionable things. And that's why they ultimately got a judgment from the Supreme Court in Canada. He didn't pay that judgment, said he fled, comes into the U.S. illegally as a fugitive and is able to set up this lab and even get the government of California to offer him a tax credit to come here. What I'm continuing to work on now is issuing a series of what are called requests for information, questions to the CDC to figure out exactly what was going on there. What do we know about what else might be out there? You know, when you have something like this lab come up, it needs to be looked at in that broader context. When there's such a clear line uh, to, you know, the uh, higher reaches of the government uh, in China, uh, and this is happening in the context of, you know, the CCP looking to uh, gain a foothold however it can and advance its interests however it can in the United States, that makes it much more alarming, I think. So what are the CCP connections to the lab? To find this out, we drove north to San Francisco. And it was there we met with my colleagues, Steve Bispis hey. and Lear Joe. Awesome to see you. It's Lear. Good to see you. The two have been researching and mapping the complex web of individuals and companies tied into the California virus lab. And they've found that all roads lead back to China. 
many of the key individuals and businesses do in fact have ties to the CCP. Well, Rose Pack has obviously been one of the most prominent Chinese spies that's been over. She's been ruling Chinatown for many years. Now, each one may not be too major in and of themselves, but taken as a whole, it creates a very significant picture. This is where the Chamber of Commerce is, Chinese Chamber of Commerce, and it has their name on it. There you go, Rose Pack. We've seen her in action, you know, choosing supervisors and really? even mayors. So how does this relate to the laboratory? Well, we have a tie with one of the one of the accountants, the CPA, through the landlord of the biolab. He's working with an organization that's very closely related to, to the Chamber of Commerce. We have accountants, lawyers, um, the people, the people, landlords. The big, the big power players. Yeah. Interesting. Some of this was also revealed in a congressional hearing. He was the CEO. But our reporters at the Epic Times went a few steps further. Through their research, a tangled web of CCP-connected companies began to unfold. We sat down with Steve Vispis to review the findings. So we, we do see then in several instances ties to the Chinese government, but also Chinese consul in this case. That's right. Now, this is really shocking. So this is the congressional document that says that Jews' fraudulent activities in the United States, this is Jesse Jew, it says, after arriving in the United States, Jew hired accountant one, an individual known to the select committee, to help Jew, a wanted international fugitive, set up several companies in the United States. And then it says that accountant one also helped with uh, bookkeeping for those companies. And this is what really surprises me. It says accountant one, not Jew himself, has incorporated and performed work for organizations whose leadership is linked to the CCP leadership and to the United Front Work Department. I find this shocking because, you know, of course, the United Front Work Department is one of the overt spy branches of the Chinese Communist Party. But it, it says these include organizations that advocate for CCP control over Taiwan and the repatriation of overseas PRC citizens, which we know would be referring to operations like, for example, uh, Operation Fox Hunt, where the CCP was hunting Chinese uh, citizens in the United States, or to these Chinese secret police stations. It says that he set up little red classrooms in Nevada's public schools that promote CCP ideology and promote the CCP's narrative about the COVID pandemic. And it says this, that one such organization, which advocates for CCP control over Taiwan, is directly tied to the radicalization of David Cho, a PRC national, Chinese national, and a Nevada resident who went on an armed shooting spree at a Taiwanese church in 2022. That's shocking. So who is Accountant One, who's tied to Jesse Ju? It's Barry Zhang, Barry Bairui Zhang. His Chinese name is Bairui. And, and he's the one tied to all this, it's saying. That's correct, yeah. And what are these little red classrooms it refers to? This is a curriculum that's being inserted in, in public schools, mostly in Nevada is what I looked at. And they pretty much teach or force the ideology of the CCP to students. And this is something very concerning because CCP's ideology is obviously different than the United States. It's based on freedom, freedom of speech, and all these things that we, we live with and we're used to every day. But it's pushing the Chinese Communist Party's ideology on little kids. Uh, there's, there's a lot of complaints from parents who are very upset about this. 
One of the shocking things in the congressional documents is ties indirectly to Mr. Zhu uh, to the United Front Work Department, to Chinese Communist entities, to organizations like this school system tied, I believe, to the Confucius Institute, uh, linked, of course, through Nevada. Why is it concerning if this laboratory has indirect ties to Chinese organizations or things tied directly to the Chinese Communist Party? If a foreign country, which could be you know, our enemy, has control of a biolab inside the United States, that's something that everyone should be concerned about. Chinese scientists have reportedly developed a mutant coronavirus strain that attacks the brain and has a 100% kill rate in mice. Chinese laboratories just can't help themselves. At a time when growing, risky Chinese research coincides with escalating military tensions with the United States, what risks could Chinese privately funded labs pose? I interviewed Dr. Sean Lin, a former U.S. Army virologist. In his recent book, China's International Military-Civilian Virology Fusion, he laid out how the CCP has the capacity to take advantage of any Chinese biotech research abroad for military use. We use our database to check uh, some of the academy publications in China, as well as some of the you know, publicly available resources that we can identify to figure out the scope of the military civil fusions uh, that's triggered by the Chinese government state uh, policies. The CCP military civil fusion is a whole of a system uh, approach the Chinese government launched for many years now. They try to remove the barrier, the boundary between these different sectors integrated together and the government provide funding to further uh, development of advanced technology that can be beneficial for people's liberation armies. We understand that this virus lab that was found in California was operating, you know, they didn't really have permits, they weren't supposed to be there. We understand that they had moved facilities because they were at risk of being, you know, maybe investigated and they, didn't, they were trying to avoid that. When you have a business operating, you know, in a gray legal zone in America, but working with Chinese medical companies, I mean, to what extent could the CCP potentially use that network? So I think there are two aspects uh, on these issues. One thing is to, uh, we mentioned about the Chinese government invests so much into biotech fields. So it, facilitate the booming of biotech companies in China. And the COVID also further facilitate more growth of biotech companies in China. But the regulation, the control, the management of the whole industry did not catch up, right? So it become a chaotic situation. Just like so many Chinese companies pour into the point of care testing, rapid test fields after the COVID study, after the government gives so much money to this kind of industry, right? So there are many companies want to develop rapid test, diagnostic test. So in order to develop the test, they will need to acquire some other uh, bioagents, right? So whether it's antibody, whether it's a transgenic human mice, or it's a uh, pathogen, or maybe a HIV, maybe a, a SARS-CoV-2 viruses, right? So many of these companies will need these kind of resources. The Chinese government basically opened a whole field, a whole door, a very dangerous store for the whole world. Many of the companies were aggressively trying to get these kind of reagents. And so the situation that you mentioned, the California lab, right, they actually 
uh, acquire a bankruptcy the biotech company. So that company previously acquired these uh, resources. So now Chinese investor in China can see a website or a company in the United States have many resources in here, but they don't know they are actually operating in the garage door, right? And then the, in the United States, the problem is that the, the regulation of purchasing these kind of uh, bioreagents, maybe even selected agents need to be highly regulated by the uh, regulation in state level, local level, county level is very poor. And so if CDC did not have a tight control on this situation, then many companies can acquire these bioreagents from commercial resource or from other researchers. What you're laying out seems kind of like the perfect storm for a biological disaster. Yes. Where the Chinese Communist Party is pouring money into an industry to, with very little regulation, it seems even encouraging very risky experiments. Uh, whereas the United States has a system of almost no regulation, at least for the privately funded ones. What happens when you combine these two? So for CCP, they can have more arterial motif. They can create this kind of chaotic situation. And then you can see maybe local outbreak in different locations globally. So in this way, people have to like respond to an emergency situation, right? So you create more chaotic situation, just like uh, CCP can stimulate different wars in different regions now. They can create biological uh, disaster in different regions if they want to. And remember in 2020, CCP encouraged all the province to establish level three, level four lab, right? Any regulation follow there? How many state-run lab in China can have proper safety procedures, right? Even Wuhan Institute of Virology, as top national one, still facing the problem how to handle the very dangerous pathogens. So how could the state level handle it? And so now they can have this capacity to create disaster everywhere. As our investigation wraps up, the findings have been shocking. Loopholes in American law allow foreign citizens to open virus research laboratories on American soil. There are almost no regulations or government oversight on this at least when it's privately funded. And this is even the case when the private funds have suspicious ties to a foreign hostile regime. It also shows that a fugitive from another country with a long rap sheet of lawsuits can even operate a virus lab out of a small farming town in California, purchase live viruses, keep these in unsafe conditions, fail to follow standards of biosafety, and even carry out potentially deadly research. As we've seen, all of this can skirt American law. In this case, we also found troubling ties to the Chinese Communist Party and its various operations for foreign subversion. Ties to the United Front Work Department, an overt spy branch of the CCP. Ties to the Chinese consulate and through that to the Chinese government itself. As well as suspicious funds through a Chinese state bank. Ties to organizations of the known CCP operative Rose Pak. Ties to the Confucius Institute through that, of course, the Little Red Classrooms, as well as to Tongs and to Chinese companies that would fall under the system of the CCP's network of civil-military fusion. All of this should raise concerns for the United States, and all of this has so far been able to fly under the radar in a small town in America.